Uh, God is good, isn't he? He's really good. Can you say that? God is good. God is good. One of the things that really stood out for me as I began looking at the text that we're going to be looking at today, um, and I encourage you to look at Ephesians chapter 3 uh, this morning and maybe and starting there with verse number 20, but one of the, the things that really um, stood out for me for this uh, uh, is looking at this text this morning for this morning and thinking about the events that we've had taking place in the past year and, and, and then thinking about the end of the year. Um, and, and then the year that's ahead of us is, is, is uh, one of the things I think about is this. Um, not only is our God good, but God, our God is more than enough. That's really what this text talks about, that, that our God is more than enough, that we serve this more than enough God that is the provider of, of he provides us with more than enough power to accomplish more than we would ever dream of. This is just a, the kind of God that we, that we serve. And I believe that if we were to take uh, more of our problems uh, and uh, more of our decisions, then we will put them into the hands of God, that we would be amazed at how much better God handles those, those things than we do. I, I do think that, I guess I may be reflecting upon my own life, I do think that there's a tendency to withhold some of those things and try to accomplish things on our own and uh, not put things into, whether it's a trial, whether it's a personal thing, whether it's uh, whatever it might be that we're going through, that we there's this tendency or this hesitancy to put things into the hands of God. And I I believe that if we were to take more of our lives, whether it's something we're thinking about or, or going through or whatever it is, and put that in the hands of God, he's more than capable. And uh, the, the interesting thing is that I think that God wants us to put things into his hands. I think that he wants us to come with it to him when we're seeking advice, when we're seeking um, uh, his um, answers for things that we would put things in front of. But look at our, our text this morning. Um, listen to what Ephesians chapter 3 uh, verse number 20 says, uh, one of my favorite passages in all of Scripture because it really highlights uh, who God is, that this this more than enough God, not a him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or even imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Uh, one of the things I want to do this morning is I just want to look at a God that is bigger than we are. I want to look at a God that uh, that, that, that shares his power with us. Uh, I want to look at a God that, that actually wants to use his power to help us. And But I want to really start off by looking at just kind of a more of a proper picture of this this bigness, this uh, this bigness of God and who He is, and and I just want to submit to you that God is way beyond all of us. He is beyond us. Um, man, I think has tried throughout the history uh, of of civilization to try and to describe God in human terms. Um, Isaiah says that God holds the oceans in the in the palm of His hands that he stretches out the stars like, like a tent. And I, I think about that analogy, and it's just an amazing thing to think about. Um, and yet, ultimately, I think all of our analogies that, that we have of God are, are, are inadequate. They, they only help us catch a glimpse of our Creator and who He is, and, and in some ways actually limit our understanding of God. 
Um, one person writes it this way. He says, the problem lies in assuming that we have comprehended or, or understood, fully understood the mind and the spirit of God so that we are in the position to make recommendations to God or correct him in his thinking or acting. That's an amazing thought. I mean, I was talking to our kids this morning when we were going through some of our lessons, and I said, you know, if you look through the Bible, the, the, the problem with the Bible is that, or the problem with some of the stories in the Bible is that as you go through, it's just God, mankind is always looking at what God wants to do and saying, well, God, I, I think you need a little bit of help, and so let me help you out, Right? And so you've got story after story with, with Abraham and, and Isaac and Jacob and Joseph and, and, and his brothers and all that, all the way down through, all the way down throughout the pages of the Bible. We're just trying to help God do what we think he ought to be doing. And, and, and so that's the position, I think, that sometimes what we get in. And, and I think that many times we, in fact, may even reach out to God because we know we should. We reach out to him because we know that's the right thing to do. I mean, I'm a Christian, so let's just reach out to him. But I, and yet I, th- I wonder that if at some basic, perhaps even unconscious level, that we doubt if God can really make a difference in the problems that we face. Uh, maybe we think that we somehow need to step in and help him. I think the fact is, is that God is more than capable of handling anything that we might bring him. I mean, creating planets, that's nothing for him. That's not much of a problem. Um, creating, uh, uh, ra- neither is raising the dead. That's not a problem for him. Nothing is too difficult to him, for God. Jeremiah 10.6 says, No one is like you, O Lord. You are great, and your name is mighty in power. I, I want to just highlight some areas, a few areas of life that, that God is more than able to handle. God is able to handle all of creation. Would you agree with that? He's able to handle all of creation. When God decided that certain seas and rivers were in the way, what did he do? He parted them, right? When his people were hungry, he dropped from he- uh, food from heaven or, or miraculously multiplied fish and bread. When his people were thirsty and in need of water, he caused a spring to flow out of a rock. When a storm was causing too much of a racket, he calmed it. When Joshua needed more time to win a battle, my, one of my favorite stories, God stopped the sun in the sky to give them more daylight hours. I think some of us would like that to happen today. You know, we just don't have enough time to plant or do whatever, right? If God would just give a little, little bit more time. Of course, you can always have lights on your tractor, I guess, right? Um, Isaiah 40 tells us that God flung the star, stars into the night sky, and that, that's just an incredible thought to me. You know, God, how did he do that? You know, just flung the stars into the, into the, into the night sky. Uh, you, you ever sit and watch the stars? I mean, you sit there at night. If we're up at our cabin, I've been up in the boundary waters, and I look up into the, uh, into the sky you, you, uh, on, on, this, on this, you know, dark or clear night, absence of city lights, and you stand there, and I, all I can say is that I stand there and look uh, on with amazement. Um, you, you can see thousands of them. Uh, interestingly enough, um, this doesn't have anything to do with stars, but anybody get to see the blue, the the big blue blood moon, or how, 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 forget what they call it. Somebody help me. There's the big blue butt or the um, super moon. Big super. 
Yeah, it's a, it was the combination of a supermoon and a, and a full full moon and a and, a, and, an, and an eclipse that or the that that came all that happened all simultaneously and and it's just an amazing beautiful. Anybody see that? Nobody got a chance to see that, huh? It was cloudy. I woke up in the morning. I come up and I looked at it. And it was just there when I came home. Actually, I came home from a from a trip that night. It was just beautiful, just gorgeous. Um, but yes, in some areas it was cloudy. Uh, maybe it was cloudy over some of. Uh, we won't go into that. Anyway, uh, just beautiful. But oftentimes, you know, I, I think about the stars. Getting back to the stars, you know, you can oftentimes see the Milky Way. Millions and millions of stars in our galaxy, and they're all tightly packed together. And if you didn't know what you're looking at, you'd, you'd probably think that it was some sort of a cloud that was just kind of floating over. And uh, but it's not; it's stars, and there, there are way too many stars to actually count. The, the scientists have have estimated that there's actually there are there are one thousand billion billion stars in our universe. That's just blows. Uh, blows your mind. It's just it, it's about ten times as many stars as the grains of the sand of the sea and in, in, or sand, sand on all the world's beaches and, and deserts. And um, but I mean, I just think about that and the, the, the sheer numbers of that is just they're beyond our ability to grasp. But but Isaiah says this. He says that God has numbered every star, and He knows each star by name. I, mean, I think maybe I know. The names of four stars, maybe. I mean, so anybody for five? I, I don't know them all, but but God knows every single one of them because He created them and and He positioned them then where He wants. And and the Bible tells us that in Isaiah He says He stretches out the heavens like a canopy and He spreads them out like the tent, like a tent to live in. I mean, we put a couple of strings of lights on our Christmas trees, right? And and. To God, that's kind of like what the stars are. God has the power over his creation. Um, but he also has power over circumstances. Early in the book of Acts, we see Peter. Peter was thrown into prison after preaching about Jesus in Jerusalem, and extra guards were called in to watch him until his execution. God sends, sends an angel to rescue him. When Paul was in a similar situation, God used an earthquake to set him free. When the Israelites wanted to escape captivity in Egypt, God uses, used the plagues to bring them freedom. God has power over circumstances, and we see that time and time again as we walk through the pages of God's word and, and recognize that he just He does that. It, it doesn't matter. He's got that power. He has that ability. He has the power also over hearts, your hearts. Your heart, my heart. God has the power to soften Pharaoh's heart. A hard heart. He has the power to transform Paul's persecuting heart. He has the power to restore Elijah's discouraged heart. He even has the power to fix Peter's broken heart after he denied knowing that he even knew Jesus. And he did that three times. God, has, God took Peter's broken heart and restored it to where Peter was willing to risk his life and ultimately die for Jesus Christ. And my point of all of that is this, God is able. With God, you always get more than you expect, more than you can imagine. Listen once again to what Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 says. It says this, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more, 
immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. God is able to do so much more. You can't even measure what God is able to do. Actually, this is really kind of a fun phrase If when you look at this uh, in the original language. Uh, actually, Paul uses a, he uses a kind of a double compound word. I was going to say compound word, but actually what he does is he kind of makes up his own word. And he, he is, he's so caught up in this, in this enormous, in the bigness and, in, and the, the awesomeness of God, he, he creates a new phrase to, to make his point. And he stacks these words uh, upon each other in an attempt to say this, that God is ably able in his ability. That's, that's what he does. It's kind, of a, it's kind of a unique sentence. God is able. I mean, most of the time that, that would be enough said, but God can, God is, God is able to do whatever. But Paul says that our God is able to do more than all we ask or imagine. He exceeds our expectations. He, 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 not, only can, he not only forgives, can forgive our, our sins, but he forgives all of your sins. He not only loves you when you're good, but he loves you when you're bad. He exceeds all of the expectations. He's able to do far more abundantly beyond all we ever ask or imagine. Above all and, be, and, and beyond all, and he exceeds the expectations with excellence. He is God. His power is beyond us. I think that there's more to it than that, though, than just acknowledging that God is able and that his power is beyond us. I think we also have to realize that his power is in us. It's in us. See, this verse tells us that God's power, that that God's able to do immeasurably more power is far more abundantly beyond all I can, I can ask or think. And, and that power is in us. Time to take advantage of that. Right, New Life? It's, it's really time to take advantage of that for us. That power is in us. Look at this again. Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power, say that with me, that is at work in us. Now that word power, the word we translate power, um, I've probably shared this with you before, I don't know, or you've heard this before at some point, Um, but that word power is also the root for our word dynamite. (laughs) That's an interesting thought. We have a dynamite power, we have an explosive energy, awesome ability. There's tremendous power given and at work within us. God's power is in us. Power to do what? God's power is in us to transform us. 2 Peter 1.3 says this, His divine power has given us everything that we need for life and for godliness through our knowledge of Him. I don't have the rest of that verse who called us by his own glory and goodness. Um, when I was a kid, I used to like making models. Um, I had them all over my room. I had all, I'd model at cars. I had model planes. Um, my favorite models to make were World War II battleships. A lot of parts and pieces to them. Anybody seen them before? 
uh, a lot of parts and little intricate parts and pieces and aircraft carriers, battleships, they were all over my room. And uh, I'd get the kit and on the cover would be a picture what that finished product should look like. And I knew, I knew that in the box would be everything I needed in order to make that picture become a reality. And my point is this, God's power in us gives us everything that we need to make the picture of godliness that the Bible gives us come true. The, the book of Galatians describes a godly life as one exhibiting, uh, exhibiting love and joy and peace and patience, kindness, goodness, uh, um, gent- faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. His power in us makes it possible for those things to show up in our lives. His power in us helps us to overcome and to avoid temptation. I, I once read a bumper stick that once said, lead us not into temptation. I'm perfectly capable of, of uh, finding it myself. <laughs> we, we know that. The temptations are all around us every single day. Temptations, uh, 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 those unethical, moral shortcuts that lead us away from the kind of God, the kind of life that God wants us to live. And they show up everywhere. Most, I think most people have, have two criteria for determining what temptation they should indulge in. Is it going to give me pleasure? What, and am I going to get in trouble for it? But the result is that short-term pleasures, we know this, inevitably lead to long-term headaches. But there's a better way. 1 Corinthians 10.13 says that God is faithful, that he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can, can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under. God's power in us helps us to resist temptation. It, it, it can transform our lives. And then there's, uh, then there's this, that God's power is not just, uh, um, not just in us, it's not just uh, beyond us and, and in us, but it also is for us. I think this is where we sometimes have the problems, right? God's power is in us. Or I mean, I'm sorry, God's power is also for us. Um, you know, last, last fall, um, middle of the year, probably the last half of the year, we went through the book of, of John in, in our sermon series. We started talking about um, just this the relationship that we have with Jesus and experiencing him. And, um, and, but throughout the book of John, we, we get that clear picture of, of, of how God begins to, or how Jesus begins to use power. His first miracle probably for most people seems, you know, seemingly just a kind of a meaningless, meaningless one, you know, turning water into wine. And yet you look at that for the couple that, whose embarrassment that, that Jesus saved, the meaning was tremendous for that. Um, then in John chapter 6, we find, this, we find another seemingly strange situation for God to show his amazing beyond belief power in the story of the feeding of the 5,000. And, and, and it's a story that, that shows up in all of our gospel records. But, but, um, but Jesus says to Philip, he says, huh, where should we go to buy bread for, the, for all these people? You know, they're all following Jesus. And he says, where should we go to buy bread? And it, the, the text goes on to tell us that, that he's actually sharing this with him because he wants to test him, right? And w- what's Philip's response? Well, you know, eight months wages would not buy enough bread for one to have even a bite. And while Peter is kind of working that all out on his calculator to figure out how many days of work that it would take to feed all of these people, God already had it figured out. 
God knew what he planned to do, the miracle that he planned to do. He could have sent all of those people home to find their own food. But he taught us there that his power was for us. His power is not only beyond us, it's not only in us, it is actually for us. That, and I think that a lot of us need to hear that each and every day, that God is on our side, that he is more than willing, he is more than capable of happening of, of handling all of our, our needs, of, our, of handling our material needs. Matthew 6 says, So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. He's more than capable of handling our emotional needs. Isaiah says, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength, that they will soar on wings like eagles, they will run and not grow weary, they will walk and not be faint. The psalmist says that he heals the brokenhearted, binding up their wounds. I love the the image of that. Paul tells Timothy that God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. He's more than capable of, of helping us in our spiritual needs. In Titus chapter 2, verse 11, it says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. And my point is simply this. God's power is on our side. Right? God's power is on our side. He, he, he doesn't just hoard that power. He offers to share it with his creation. And I think it's a good thing because we need it. And what I want to do is I want to take all of that and I I want us to hear, what I want us to hear this morning is this, that God is good. Can you say that? God is good. But beyond that, what I want you to hear is that God is able. And even beyond that, what I want us to take away today from this is God's incredible ability to work in and through each of our lives, each of our lives here at New Life. And so one of the things that I want to do is I want to kind of get practical a little bit this morning and just kind of to, to look at that. Um, I want you to see and I want, to hear, I want you to hear some of the ways that, that God was involved this past year. But first I want you to take a look at this video here that we're going to look at and just uh, maybe look at some of the things that have taken place this last year.
So thankful to Al for, uh, I know uh, Pauline actually puts all the, takes all the pictures and gathers the pictures from whoever else has had a bunch of pictures and, and then gets them over to Al and Al kind of puts them together and puts all of that into a little musical thing. It's kind of cool to look back on that and, and um, uh, to see some of the things and um, a lot of stuff. I think that there's a lot of things that are in there that Maybe I guess uh, we expect to see uh, some of our kids' uh, kids program, youth night, uh, children's Christmas program, stuff like that. There's a lot of pictures of food. I mean, right? That's I think about the times that we've shared together, and uh, that around one of the most basic needs of of life, uh, just to to stuff our our bills, right? Um, <laughs> um, some campfire nights and workday events uh, like sealing the blacktop, other pictures of some of the improvements that we've made to our facilities. And, and of course, many, many pictures of our outreach events uh, uh, where in 2017 we, we gave away clothes and food and furniture and backpacks and socks and, and all those kinds of things. And um, the list goes on. Actually, I, I counted with that. We had more. Normally we only have, I didn't realize that we did this, but... Normally we only have like a couple of two clothing giveaway events. We had like three or four. Three? Three? It was three? three? Okay. Okay. So three, maybe. Um, okay. 
So anyway, it um, was pretty incredible with all that. What, but I think some of the things that we don't see when we when we look at that, it's nice to see all those memories. But I think about the daily things that happen around here. You think about um, I didn't. You know, I guess what what I'm saying is one one of the things you didn't see is you didn't see you didn't get a picture or just to jump in on say our our Sunday morning Bible studies our our women's group when they meet together and 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 have their Bible studies and their weekly get-togethers and and some of the fellowship and some of those events uh, we ought to see some more of that get some pictures of those uh, our uh, Saturday morning uh, men's breakfast kind of stuff and we've had some fun this last week we get or last year we had. Uh, we did have some pictures of that when we went to the Ford Museum and, and that, and and I actually have a couple of pictures that I never did, never did get to somebody on that. But uh, you don't get to see a lot, I think, uh, of some of those. Uh, um, um, our women wouldn't let us; they don't let anybody any cameras in when they're exercising. So that's probably why that's not on there. I don't. I'm not suggesting anything at all. I'm just saying that uh, that they don't do that. They don't let us do that. Um, uh, it's really hard, I think, for us to find a picture of the ways that we are growing closer to the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, I think it's hard for us to find a picture of the the growth that, that takes place for us individually when we're serving in some small way, like like if we're cleaning the church or we're preparing communion or we're mowing a lawn or we're decorating the church or volunteering time for the many improvements that we've made this year. And, and certainly there were some of those were, that were, were uh, shown in that. Uh, you know, maybe if we're volunteering for kids' programs or shoveling sidewalks or we're serving luncheons or we're, we're doing some of those things. And I guess one of the things that I'm wanting to say is that, you know, don't miss seeing what God has been doing in New Life this past year. It, don't think for a moment that God isn't changing lives, that he's not drawing each of us closer. Don't miss what God is doing because sometimes I think he does things in ways that we don't expect. Now, I've included in your bulletin, some of you got that, and again, uh, some of you might not, got, might not have gotten one, and if you didn't, uh, let me know afterwards. But I, there's a list of activities, there's a list of events that I believe that God has helped us to accomplish at, at New Life in 2017. And I'm not going to read that whole list, but I do want you to. And, and, and not, not necessarily this morning, because we're, we're getting ready to close up here. But um, what I do want you to do, what I do want to ask you to do is to take that list and I want you to pray over that list and, and, and to thank God for his activity in the, in the life of this church. And, and, uh, but also to take that list and to begin to pray for 2018. And, and in fact, um, I, I want, maybe I'll, I'll give you a, kind of a heads up here. Um, can I have three people who will be willing to pray for the rest of this year for 2018? We'll do that at the end of our service here today. Can I have three hands that would be willing to do that? Three hands that would be willing to pray for new life. Okay. There's one. Ralph. And Susan. Number two. One more. Be willing to pray for new life for, uh, for our begin- the end of our this year. You're leaving. All right, John. Okay, so that that's coming up here in a little bit, but um, um, but anyway, uh, I I've been I, 
want you to think about some of those, and that'll come up in a minute. But uh, just a brief note here. A couple weeks ago, we handed out our 2017 budget. I mentioned that during this service, we're going to have an up or down vote on that. Copy of our 2018 budget, correct. Um, I'm... We're going to have an up or down vote on that on that 2018 budget, but we gave that to you in order to give you some time to look that over and to talk to Dave or myself or to Joe, and to really, you know, if you had any questions or concerns that you would talk with us. And I, I trust that you've done that. I trust that you've been able to look that. And we're not going to discuss that budget here today, but let me just say that if you've ever had, if you ever have any questions, or if you ever have any concerns about something, we want you to know that you're free to take and talk to myself or to talk to Joe or to talk to Dave, um, and, and we'd just be happy to answer any questions that we have. I will say this, that our budget really hasn't changed much. In fact, the, the, um, in terms of numbers, the total budget for 2018, the budget proposal there, the, the budget figure, uh, the total budget figure is the same as 2017. Um, and at the end of our service, as we close today, we're, we're going to have a, just a, a quick up or down vote on that. So I want you to be ready for that. Um, in the meantime, what I do want to do is I want to celebrate something that, that I think is really significant. I don't want to encourage us just to, to recognize that everything that we do here is not only to bring glory to God, but to help us to celebrate his ability to, to do more than we ask or imagine. And so what I want to highlight is this. <laughs> and it seems so simplistic, but the church itself is made up of people. It's made up of people, and that's you and me. I have spent some time in reflection and some prayer for the people here at New Life. And I have to say that I am so thankful for you. I have to say that I'm thankful for the ways that you have chosen to get involved in this ministry. Uh, I what I, what I see in, in this list, what I see as I reflect upon each and every person is, is uh, people who are genuinely interested in using their talents and their gifts and using their abilities for this ministry. What I see is people who are uh, authentically seek to serve God and authentically seek to grow closer to Him in their spiritual lives. I see people who sacrifice their time. I see people who sacrifice their talents. I see people who are sacrificing financially. And, and, and I just hi, you know, highlight that at the bottom of our list of accomplishments in 2017 are many items that were, I think, graciously donated because of the generosity of our congregation. Uh, just some, um, we call them, um, I don't have the list, but... We, we call them, uh, I do have the list, non-cash donations and, and some donations, that, some, some things that were handed in that weren't trying to get credit for them at all, but um, uh, just appreciate so much the things that people have, have given to the church to help out the church. I'm so thankful for you for all of that. I, what I see are some who serve behind the scenes, and I see some who are more up front, uh, indeed, some of the things that I think that get accomplished around here are sometimes those things that are vital, and yet sometimes we may be unaware of them, or at least, at the very least, we we don't think about it too often. Um, but my point is is very simply this: that God uses His people, and He's using you, 
to accomplish his purposes. And I, as you reflect upon those things that are on that list that, that have taken place in 2017, I you know, realize that God is in fact using us to accomplish his purposes in, in Viroqua and the surrounding communities. And you, you think about that now, does that mean that we've done everything that we need to do? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But what God needs is for us to be obedient to him. And what he needs is for us to be faithful in our daily lives and open to whatever he puts in front of us. And so my prayer in 2018 is that we would do just that, that God would give us the strength to be obedient, that he would give us the strength to be, a, to be faithful and to recognize that at his, as his people, uh, our service, our striving is, is, is for his glory and for his honor because what God is able to accomplish through us is more than we can do on our own. I think as we, we talked about earlier, I think he's, I think he's open and, and willing to do even more than that um, if we recognize that we're, it's not about us, it's about him. And so ultimately my prayer is that we would seek to access the power of God that is available to us. How do we do that? Well, let me just briefly um, close with this. I think we need to admit that we need his power. I think that, you know, we need to admit that, that, God, we really need you. This is about you. God, help us. And, and I think of what Paul told the Corinthians. He says, my grace is sufficient for you, and my, for my power is made perfect in weakness. That's me, right? That's you. We're the ones that are weak. Therefore, he says, I, Paul says, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. I love that. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. And I think simply put, we're not going to reach out for, God, for God's power if we stink th- still think that we can handle everything on our own. This is God's church, and we are his people, fully dependent upon him. The second thing I think we need to do is just affirm that, get, that God's power and, uh, is, is uh, affirm his power, affirm his presence. And you know, I think coming face to face with our own weakness when we do that, we, we need to remind ourselves where the real strength is. Um, the Bible says that we need to keep that truth in front of us. Uh, I think of First Chronicles 16. Um, the Bible says that we need to keep that truth in front of us. Look to the Lord in his strength. Seek his face always. Remember the wonders he has done. See, here's what I believe. The same God who the, the scriptures tell us helped people like David and Joseph and Rahab and Ruth and, and, and Noah. And, you know, the, the list goes on as you walk through Scripture. That same God wants to help us too, amen? amen. He wants to help us. He wants to work alongside of us. The, the, the third thing that I would say is, is to align ourselves with his will. I, I think about that old song that says, you know, looking for love in all the wrong places. Uh, any country music fans here? Um, Mike, I know, is. So we don't know what to think of that. But the truth is, though, that sometimes we ask God's strength. We ask for his strength for maybe all the wrong reasons. But when we line ourselves up with his will, when we seek what he knows is best, then his power, I believe, begins to overflow into our lives. And finally, I, th- I think simply we, we need to ask. Ask for the power uh, that we need. Uh, the Bible simply says this, we don't have because we don't ask. Um, God is sufficient for us 
when we are insufficient. He is enough for us when we don't have enough. He is adequate for us in our time of inadequacy. Someone once said, I don't know what the future holds, but I do know who holds the future. And that is the God that we serve. He is a God who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. Amen?